the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Oh, let's talk a little bit stock market. I just did a whole hour dedicated to a best of talking about Warren Buffett. That'll be on the podcast. You should grab it. You should listen to it. It's good stuff. But I know that people want to talk a little bit what's happening today and why. And they want to know, you know, going into the weekend. Is everything okay? Stock market's being supported by broad-based gains that are linked to the so-called reopening trade. Now, this is a market that can really get in your head. You know, California's seen a spike, mostly in Los Angeles. Arizona's seen a spike. Texas has seen a spike. Florida's seen a spike. We know that a couple months ago, we were sitting at home watching the news, and Fauci would come on every night, and we were like, Fauci, Fauci. And he would tell us like what the numbers were and what we should know. We've kind of gotten away from that, and that's good for the stock market. Is it good for our economy? Probably. But there's, it's going to be messy. Out of 55 states, Florida ranks number 37 in total per capita COVID-19 cases. Florida reported 3,800 new COVID cases yesterday versus 3,200 the day before. So that's a spike of 600. Again, we're doing more testing. I don't know how you should read this. I don't know how you should understand it. Um, I don't know if we, we – I don't know if that's valuable at this point in time. Jerome Powell really taking over the Federal Reserve. And remember a couple of years ago, Donald Trump put him into that position, replacing Janet Yellen. And then Trump quickly learned that the Fed's not going to be influenced by the president. Or maybe they were. Because Lord knows there was days where the market was down and Trump would say, hey, I think the Federal Reserve should act faster. I don't know what those idiots are doing over there. And then like four days later, they would lower interest rates. He's kind of right. Um, dun, 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 dun. Calvary came to save the day. 
it's a weird game of rock, scissors, paper, right? Who, what's more important, Jerome Powell or COVID? What's going to help the economy more or what's going to hurt the economy more? And this has been a good week of shows. On Wednesday, I had Patrick O'Hare talking about, you know, is all the stimulus going to lead to inflation? Is all the stimulus going to lead to devaluing the U.S. dollar? Which we have a strong dollar policy in theory um, in place. So we don't really want to see that. It's I think it's okay to have strong dollar, weak dollar from time to time. When there's a weak dollar, you can uh, go to Europe and get a lot of bang for your buck. When there's a strong dollar, it's the opposite. They come here. So it kind of helps us a little bit. Um, anyway, White House is considering suspension of J-1 work visas, but no final decisions been made. What I'm trying to get at is there's a lot going on with the White House and with Congress at this point in time. Will there be another stimulus package? Will it be to put people to work or will it be to keep people at home safely? You don't know. Or if you do, I would be surprised by that. Will something else get done? I think so. I like the idea of infrastructure spending as all government plans. That's probably one of my favorite ones. And that's not saying very much because I don't like most of them. Our Congress has never met a tax dollar they didn't want to spend, right? But I'm okay with infrastructure. I kind of wish there wasn't as much waste in the process, but I'm okay improving roads, improving airports, improving bridges. Um, If you grease that part of our economy and make it easier to commute, it's easier to do business, and you're not spending more money on gasoline sitting in traffic. You're using that money instead of giving it to the Saudis for oil. You're giving it to maybe your local restaurant. I like the idea. There's some Fed speak today. Boston Fed President Eric Rosengren speaking, saying the ongoing health concerns have created an unusually complex employment situation. Unemployment in the United States stands right about on 13.3%, but we thought it was going to 20. Or it could go to 20 was the thought, right? So he's saying that's up dramatically from February, 13.4% for sure. But a return to work by more people is good news only if it can be done safely and on a sustained basis. That was another thing from this past week that got our hearts going. Are you kidding me? And what am I talking about? What am I talking about? Are you kidding me? Um, China said we're closing down our schools after they've been reopened. And you're like, no. The reopening's not sticking in China. Therefore, it probably won't stick in the United States because they did draconian stuff. Um, I, I kind of want to give them a French accent where they're like, you will stay at home. Or I guess that's German J- Chinese, right? You will stay at home. You will not leave. I'm French. Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? So they did some things where they it was kind of a military shutdown of their cities. And it's back. It's like a horror movie, right? Can't kill Jason. He just keeps coming back. Uh, so that was earlier this week. So we got a lot to think about. Carnival Cruise Line CEO is um, a new position. Operating company for P&O Cruises and Cunards. Um, success or failure starts at the top. <laughs> so 
I'm not interested in investing in cruise lines, but for the sake of the story, getting a new CEO, I want to see what his past tenure was. I want to see what he did well. I want to see if he could bring fresh ideas like he brought fresh ideas in the past. That's anytime I see any sort of change in management, I instantly see what they've done in the past. Speaking of which, I was thinking about Marissa Mayer the other day. She was one of the first Google employees, then she goes on to be CEO of Yahoo. Couldn't turn it around. She had a great history. She was an incredibly smart CEO. Couldn't turn it around. Nope, not going to happen. It was unturnaroundable. That's one of my favorite things when uh, people tell me that something can't be done. I was once talking to the mayor of San Jose, and I said, you know, you kind of loved. Um, any chance you would run for governor? And I said, I can't tell if you're a Republican or Democrat, but everyone loves what you're doing in San Jose. You're doing a lot of meet and greets. You're out in the public. You're, you're supporting small businesses. And he said, I will never run for governor because the state's ungovernable. Whoa. I'm kind of getting that feeling about our Congress too, right? It's become so uh, toxic. But then again, maybe it's, maybe I'm just looking at the, the 10 who are toxic who are in the headlines, right? Anyhow, Ford Motors returning to full production on Monday, which is two weeks ahead of schedule. Uh, yeah, I think we're getting the – I'm not going to say we're getting the hang of it, but something along those lines. 800-516-1220. Nokia is in the news. They've successfully completed a series of over-the-air 5G trials in Dallas, Texas. I don't care about Nokia. I care about the 5G. Getting peak throughput speeds of over one gigabyte through phones is awesome. Um, And it'll lead to a lot of new things. A lot of new applications, a lot of new hardware, uh, new ways of consuming media. It's positive in my opinion. Bigger media, more realistic. Anyway, I'm Rob Black. This is Weezer. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. You can kind of tell that it's a Friday where we've had a lot of information. It's been a positive week. We should um, take that for what it's worth and be happy. It's been a positive week. Um, there's a lot of news, and it gets very frustrating focusing in on it each and every day. So take give yourself a break on occasion, in my opinion, if you can. A couple reminders. Have some good resources. I love the magazine The Economist. Um, it's not for everyone. I think it's pretty hardcore. Um but I think you'll learn a lot about becoming a better investor if you just learn a little bit more. On, it, it's kind of a, almost a mean publication. So um, 
it, it writes some things that are not pretty. And I, I think that's very, very valuable. 800-516-1220. So The Economist is good. I think The Wall Street Journal is worth a read every day. I think Barron's is worth a read. And this is all about financial literacy. I was talking with a guy yesterday who does uh, marketing for a big financial company. And he said something pretty interesting to me. He said, my mom was the financial literate one or is the financial literate one. So like if there's a salesperson involved, it gets kind of brutal because the salesperson pays attention to my dad. The salesperson pays attention to my dad. And then boom, my mom breaks him by asking him a tough question. And I'm like, that's kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad, right? It's not sad in his situation. It's just sad that we don't expect that. His uh, mother taught him financial literacy, and I think that is an amazing thing. I don't think that is a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. Um, financial literacy is a good thing. So pick up the Wall Street Journal. Pick up Barron's. Pick up the New York Times business section. I'm a little less about the New York Times business section than I was 10, 15, 20 years ago, in large part because journalism's changed in the last 20 years. As the internet came along and became a thing, um, the quality of writing went down. You got college kids writing about recessions for the first time instead of someone who's lived through like 20 of them. <laughs> Not 20. Uh, but things changed is all I'm getting at. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and so much more. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So good resources out there. A lot of websites I don't – like you might go to like a Market Watch or a Motley Fool. They don't pass the mustard for good financial information. You get too much random. And trying to cut the random outs is not the easiest thing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, good resources. Be careful on the internet. It's kind of the same thing with being you know, a doctor on the internet. I hate going to the doctor now because I'll go, yeah, I got a little spot of blood in my urine. I looked it up and it could be cancer. And it could, it, goes, it could be that you're fat and you're running and you're jostling your kidneys. Stop looking at the internet. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Same thing goes with investing. Um, earlier in the show, I talked nonstop about Warren Buffett, in large part because he's been doing it for 60 years. He's the best of the best. There's no better. And he's got a track record that's the best of the best, 60 years. He's not always going to win, but he's, he, he keeps it simple. Um, one of his tenets is he once bought Gillette and I hated Gillette because when I was coming of age, 18 to 21, I was still drinking beer and watching the Super Bowl with my buddies. And every year we'd get stoked. And I had a friend named Mark. He was like, uh, there's going to be a new uh, Gillette commercial. There's going to be a new shaver. It's the Mach three. It's the Mach four. It's the Mach five. You need five razors to get your stubble off. You know, it's genius about it is instead of coming up with a product for one person, somebody who's got tuberculosis, let's come up for a cure. Somebody who's got diabetes, let's come up with a cure for 5% of the population or uh, a remedy or something, right? Every man grows whiskers every night when they go to bed. Every morning we wake up and we got a little bit of stubble. Um, COVID-19 taught me I'm not very good at growing a beard. I've got this crazy beard going that I, I think the only person I kind of look like is Jonah Hell. Or Seth Rogen. I get those two completely confused in my head. 
But one of them, when they grow a beard, it's not whiskery, it's hairy. Mine, it's hairy too. Um, my dad had great whiskers. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Maybe I'm the mailman's son, right? Anyway, uh, Buffett was right to buy Gillette. And in my, my golden age, like you saw Gillette come up and the guy bought a football team, Robert Kraft with Gillette. He bought a foot, he bought the Patriots because he sold razors. And it, it wasn't so much that he sold the razors. The razors were pretty expensive, five or six bucks. But you could use that forever and ever and ever. You just had to buy the cartridges. And something that I can tell you that was genius is you get people buying these on a regular basis, right? I use an electric shaver because I, I hate throwing plastic into dumps. I don't know. Electric razors probably aren't much better, but you get the idea that I'm sensitive to some of these issues. Um, but do you know when you buy a, a Mach 4 razor or a Mach 5 razor and it's got these incredible razor blades and you're like, yeah, I kind of wish the razor would stay sharper longer. And uh, you piss off your spouse and you use their, their razor on your face or on your back or on your bottom of your feet, wherever you have hair growing. Yeah. But it's a great concept because one of the things that they do is those razors will kind of run out pretty quickly, right? As far as sharpness goes. But even worse than that is that little strip that they put on it to like lubricate uh, the shave. That runs out even faster. It's almost a scam. It's almost a sham. It's, it is what it is, but it's a great business model. Recurring revenue. AOL was a, a great tech stock in the 1990s. It's a weird thing to say out loud because then it went to nothing. But they got people to pay every single month. Investing in insurance companies is a lot safer than investing in banks in theory because insurance companies, they get you on a regular monthly payment plan, right? Or you lose your insurance. It's not that simple. But always think business models, please. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Got a webinar coming up. You'll learn more about that next week. I'm Rob Black. Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So one of the big events, and I'm waiting for CFP Chad Burton to call in. And my producer's going to let me know, and he's on the line. One of my um, big stories this week, and I think this is a big story, and it's kind of a nerdy story, but it's kind of a story that I kind of want to like, acknowledge one more time. NVIDIA has a bigger market cap now than Intel. And when I was a young man, I, was, I would have thought, there's no way that is ever going to happen. Intel was in everything, and they, they beat Cyrix, and they beat AMD. They were just a better product, or maybe they were a better marketing product. Maybe their threading technology wasn't as fast as AMD. Maybe their costs weren't as efficient. Um I think you get the idea where I'm trying to go at here is that Intel was this monolith company that I thought should rule the world. 
And then you started comparing them with Microsoft. And Microsoft should rule the world because one of them is hardware, the king of the hardware. One of them is software. And, you know, Microsoft ran into competition from uh, companies that were giving away stuff for free, particularly in, in, in my mind, Google's Chrome. And then Google's Office was the serious one. But there was always competitors to Microsoft like Novell, DOS, that eh, made people some money but didn't hold out over time. So Intel passing the torch to uh, NVIDIA, that's a stunner for me. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton, speaking of stunners. Uh, big comeback finish for you with the stock market recently. Who saw that coming here? The Patrick Mahomes of CFPs. Mr. Burton, uh, we were talking yesterday about the 4% rule, which is some sort of rule tied towards you have a big pot of money. You can take 4% out of a year till the day you die, and the rest of it will – no, what is it with the 4% rule? Help me here. Well, yeah, the 4% rule was that rule in the 90s that was kind of created where – if people took the idea of modern portfolio theory where you take a balanced portfolio and if at age 65 you're able to survive, live comfortably off drawing 4%. So if you had a million bucks, that would be 40 grand a year. So if you're comfortable with your 40 grand a year from your portfolio plus whatever Social Security or pension you might have, if that was enough money, that should last through retirement, through you know, 30, 35 years of retirement, and each year you should be able to draw a little bit more out to keep up with inflation. Okay. That was the 4% rule. So people used to say, well, if you, can, yeah. if, if, you know, if you have to draw five, you're going to run out of money too early, so don't retire yet. And again, right now when we look at bonds, and the other name for <laughs> bonds is fixed income, they're paying about a quarter of what they paid back then in terms of interest on bonds and and of course bank accounts are much much less because it's all been about fed intervention stimulation um you know continued fed actions that have continually pushed down interest rates and now because where we are globally in currency issues we're not seeing a point where interest rates are going to rise rapidly anytime soon so that four percent rule has become more like the three three and a half percent rule if you want some safety Interesting. Now, again, this is exactly what I was talking about early on in the show. This is 1 million equals 40,000 in income. So weird that we're thinking alike, Chad. (laughs) Weird that we're thinking alike. What are some other important decisions on making retirement funds last? Because it's easy to spend. It's, It's tougher to save. Yeah, well, again, it's it's what you do with Social Security is pretty important. Okay. Um, if you're when about you to, to retire and maybe you're lucky enough to retire early, 62, you could get about a 70% increase in payments in some cases by waiting to your age 70. There's, you know, it, there's a lot less tricks now with Social Security because they keep taking away the tricks from us. Um, but it's important to figure out if there's anything that you can do for when you, if you both work, if there's an age difference, if there's a non-working spouse, some of the tricks that are out there and do some projections. Um, because really putting it off till 70, as long as you think you're going to live into your mid eighties or beyond, it's a, it's a typically a pretty good decision unless you don't have any other assets to live off of. Um, other decision points are just knowing what the healthcare costs are. People that retire early get shocked that, okay, I've got some pretty high medical expenses until I'm 65 and Medicare kicks in. And then even once I get Medicare, I need Medicare Part B, supplemental insurance, prescription drugs, dental insurance, all of those different items. Um, and sometimes it's better just to do a slower transition into retirement. 
and to talk to your employer about that because you know it's it's tough you don't a lot of places don't want to lose their highly skilled workers and and so potentially transitioning more into retirement doing a few more sabbaticals um figuring out what you want retirement to be like so you can truly calculate the costs because a lot of people work you know, 40, 60 hours a week until they're 65 years old. And they don't have any idea what they're going to do with their life and they're not that happy. So you got to kind of have that life plan. And then really important, once you, you can calculate, okay, I've got a lump sum of money plus some social security and rental income, whatever, maybe it seems like enough, but then planning your withdrawals, figuring out which accounts you're going to draw from first or a combination of the accounts between your taxable accounts, your cash, your retirement accounts is very important because the tax brackets are very different between ordinary income and capital gains. And your ordinary income can affect how much you pay when you sell your stocks and mutual funds and your taxable accounts. So you really have to blend the two together or sometimes alternate your income so you can keep your taxes really, really low in retirement. And with fixed income or bonds paying very little and your cash accounts at the bank, you know, if you're lucky, you go to Capital One 360 or Ally and you get, you know, one, 1.2% on your cash, that's not much. So saving anywhere you can in terms of fees, in terms of taxes, is really important these days in retirement. Let's let's think of an area where people are typically miss thoughts. And I, I, I said it earlier in the show today. Like if you make you know hundred thousand dollars to the year, you know for forty years you're gonna have four million dollars, but your your taxes are gonna take away from from the state level and from the federal level. Let's talk tax brackets. Can you really juggle a tax bracket, Chad? Oh, absolutely. Um, cases. So there's a certain amount of tax you're going to pay no matter what if you have taxable accounts. And that's an account in your name joint with your spouse or living trust. And those dividends and interest that you're earning on that might come and hit your tax bracket no matter what you do. But you have dividends from qualifying U.S. stocks are taxed at the capital gains bracket. And what people don't realize is that there's a lot of room where a married couple finally jointly, if all the income that they have is dividends or capital gains, between the standard deduction plus where the bracket kicks in, there's a ton of money, Rob, that people can take and pay a 0% capital gain bracket. Um, so sometimes we'll alternate between one year of capital gains and another year of drawing from an IRA or combine the two together. So it's, it's, it's kind of easy if you have a mix of accounts between a Roth, a taxable account, IRAs, 401ks. If you have a mix, you can, you know, have be spending six figures a year, but be paying at a 12% or less effective federal margin. Now you're talking taxes. So you may be talking about working with your CPA. That brings up another issue that retirees need to protect is I've got a neighbor who got duped by a quote unquote CPA. I questioned the person was even a CPA. They were doing their taxes. They ask for money. And they did this numerous times as a illegal CPA, and they got duped. Um, this guy duped a lot of people in retirement. It's not it's not an uncommon story, is it, Bernie Madoff? I mean, Chad Burton. <laughs> no, it's a joke. If, Chad is not Bernie a, Madoff. If you have a CPA, and then they're like, "Well, if you invest in this, you know, oil partnership or yeah. some partnership or whatever, you can actually reduce your taxes." A lot of times, those aren't registered products, or they're they're commission oriented products. Yeah. And I mean, it's with, with the idea that it's hard as a CPA to make a really, really good living by doing individual tax returns. Cause most have kind of gone towards more of the, you know, corporate and business returns. Um, 
that's not a good combination. And anytime somebody's offering you financial products that have a commission tied towards it, you know, you've, you've just flipped it where it's, they're acting in their best interest instead of yours. So in order to not get duped, work with a fee only certified financial planner practitioner that will put in writing that they are a fiduciary, which means they have to put your interest first because a lot of financial decisions, there's not just one right answer. Sometimes it's, you know, here's two or three options. This is what I would suggest if I was you, but what feels right for you? And like, for example, one of the options by investing money, if, if they're not presenting these days, paying down a mortgage or paying off a mortgage versus investing in California tax-free bonds, they might not be acting in your best interest. Can I sum that one up if I think I'm right? By paying off a mortgage, you may be saving 3 to 4% in interest, but the muni was saving you some money and not paying state income. And then you have to judge like which one has more power than the other one. Is that what you're saying kind of there? Yeah, there's certain people that now with the standard deduction so much higher, they're not even deducting their mortgage anymore. So the interest rate on their mortgage is truly, you know, say three and a half percent. And so you're looking at that versus two and a half percent, say on an intermediate term California tax-free bond fund. So it's kind of like a one percent cost. Now there's other issues with that too. As soon as you sock money into the, you know, give it to the bank, you're kind of socking it into the walls of the house and you're giving up liquidity. So there's other issues that you have to think about. But as soon as your debt is gone, you have less cash outflow, so you need less lump sum of money. So it it's really depends on what's your current asset allocation between stocks and bonds. Do you have extra cash that you're trying to put into investments? And if your allocation, your risk tolerance is calling for a lot more bonds or fixed income, that's when we start looking at, well, maybe it is a good idea to potentially pay off or pay down the mortgage. You sometimes... We'll get people that are 15 years from retirement. They can pay a little bit down on their mortgage, refinance to a 15-year mortgage at a much lower rate and make sure it's paid off by the time they go into retirement. That feels pretty good. CFP Chad Burton, big webinar coming up next week. People can learn more about it at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Hey, everyone. It's me, Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. You can also find me at robblackshow.com. I'd love to chit-chat with you if it's possible and if it makes sense. Um, I'm going to CFP Chad Burton. He's an expert at financial planning. In the near future, in hopefully by the end of the year, I'm going to be bringing on some different types of experts to talk about some different types of financial planning. I'm trying to put together a deal with COVID. It's a little bit more complex um, of people that would really benefit you with a different voice than mine. I can do everything that Chad talks about. 
I just do it in a much more comfortable way. And I like the way a CFP can explain things in a more technical way. I show you that in large part because it is a little bit more technical than doing it yourself. If you have the access to financial professionals, they're worth it, in my opinion. But Chad and I just talked about, you know, a CPA that my neighbor got involved with that said, hey, you know, you're paying a lot in taxes. And by the way, I can unscrupulously recommend a tax-free shelter for you. Or maybe they're not even being unscrupulous. Maybe they're just being naive and they didn't know, like, the complexities of the product they're trying to push onto you because someone tried to push it onto them. So there's – I find getting older a little bit more stressful. And I'll tell you one of the bigger reasons why. And I learned this from my mother. I don't know why I remember this. She goes, my eyes don't work as well as they used to. I must have been like four or five when she said that because that really stuck with me. That's the inherent problem of getting older is that you need to read contracts and you need to know the details of the signs that you're seeing while you're driving, of the details of the deals you're committing to, the commissions, the costs, the rules on how to take it out. So, like, I'm not a big fan of annuities because they're really complicated, complex products that most people don't know what they sign and what they're getting into. And for the record, most of the salespeople, insurance people who are selling them, don't know what they're putting in front of you. And they truly believe they're giving you a, a, a God-sent product. Like, this is so good. Fees are high. The commissions are high. The cost to manage it are thus high. Um and the world changed. Annuities might have been great when there was no other options in the late 60s. But then we, we let insurance industries politically lobby to, to put in um, riders and to put in exceptions and to, to change the rules of annuities to, to get them bigger and bigger kickbacks. And I, I do believe it was lobbying money. I, I, in my heart, I truly think Congress wants to help people, but they're just too stupid to do it. And once dollar signs get put in front of them, they're like, well, that sounds like a good idea. And he went to Washington to help people, but he gets there and he finds that he's in over his head and um, a lot of people want your attention. Anyway, that's my political commentary of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Um Thank you. Thank you. I am Rob Black. I am the one, the only Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's Friday, and you're going into the weekend, and in my head of heads, I go, I wonder what's going to happen in the news cycle. So the markets kind of had one of those interesting opens where a little bit unchanged, a little bit green, a little bit red, then it went red, and now it's going green. So maybe we're thinking over the weekend we'll hear more success stories of economies opening up. We do seem to be shifting from week to week that sometimes we're happy. Hey, it looks like we're opening up. And then like in Disney World, if they open up this weekend and there's so many restrictions and the news catches uh, a kid crying because he has to wear a mask and someone else has a, a Minnie Mouse mask and she's really upset that she doesn't have a Minnie Mouse mask and if we start seeing images that are negative to the non-lovely world of Disney childhood dream experience, then we go, well, maybe Disney's lost their mojo on Monday. Or maybe we'll say, oh, I don't think anyone else is going to get on an airplane and go to Disney World. Or maybe we'll say, look at that. They're having so much fun. They're crying over Disney Minnie Mouse masks. So the interpretation, we don't know what it's going to be like on Monday, but we'll probably see some of those images. 
And then if in two weeks from now we, we see that little girl who we saw on TV melt down because she didn't have a Minnie Mouse mask, if we see that she dies of COVID, we're like, I'm never going to Disney World. It's a big COVID factory. It's a conspiracy. They're making COVID. For the record, Disney's not making COVID. There's no conspiracy. But if a kid dies after the reopening two weeks later, someone in the news is going to say that other than me. <laughs> and I don't consider myself the, the popular news. I consider myself the financial news. But you get the idea. Um, so how did the reopenings go? I saw yesterday, and I don't. I just. I don't know how I reconcile this. And this is one of the problems that we have right now. Is uh, some of the stuff we're talking about. First and foremost, the cost of money is so cheap. Whether you're trying to get income out of it, it's too cheap. You can't get income out of it. The bond market's broken. The treasuries are broken. There's something that's just not right. You can't say I'm totally good with one percent for the next ten years. You can't say that. And because of that, you're like, well, I bet some people are going to borrow some money at that one percent for the next ten years and invest it. And there you go. That's why the markets are. It has nothing to do, in my opinion, with COVID or no COVID. It's we were running a bull market. It was doing great. We were managing it with low rates every time. And then we'd see, you know, the, the inflation pick up and we'd raise rates a little bit and then we'd lower them back down. And then COVID hits and we're like, screw it. We're going to go low longer. It's almost as if the Federal Reserve had a, a binge day drinking on Friday. For the record, they didn't do binge day drinking on a Friday. They didn't start at 8 a.m. Can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. You know, AAs for quitters. I get it. I get it, Federal Reserve. I get it. I get it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. But they said they're going to keep interest rates low for longer. Rock, scissors, paper. I will take low interest rates at almost nothing for another 18 months than, say, a $1 trillion infrastructure bill. I'm not going to turn down that $1 trillion infrastructure bill if I'm a cheerleader for the stock market, but I'll take the low interest rates. I'm not telling you you have nothing to fear, but fear yourself. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.